This is MJ. I'm an author, I'm an artist, I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at mjmunoz.com. Welcome to Digimon Chronicles. In this episode, I'm continuing my audiobook recording of Digimon Seekers. We are in Chapter 2-2, and I will not say the name of the chapter because it's really long. I'll just jump right into the uh, reading, and then I'll give a little commentary afterwards. Channel SOC on Grimm was the base of operations for the hostile code crack team known as the Sons of Chaos. Grimm allowed anyone to set up a channel for whatever they wanted, so the SOC set up their very own safe haven on the network. Their top page featured that well-known propaganda video about their code cracker team. While the sub-channels held a range of other content that helped SOC crackers earn their living, Information about the digital world, Digimon trading tools for sale, miscellaneous chat rooms, and more. They had even set up a sort of virtual reality lounge where members could communicate with one another through their avatars. The room wasn't that large, though, and the graphics were dismal compared to the latest online multiplayer games. It's Eiji, the man, the myth, the legend, the hotshot rookie who took out the Digipolice is here. The voice chat messages were coming in thick and fast, and in no time everyone in the SOC knew about the fresh-faced crowed cracker who'd overpowered the Digipolice in Wall Slum. No one knew how the story got out, since AG's interviewer should have been the only one privy to it. No kidding, since I made sock puppet accounts to spread it around. AG himself had been the source of his own rumor, of course. The SOC were meddling with the digital world far too much and endangering Digimon in the process. Professor Ryusenji had enlisted Eiji to get close to Tartarus, the leader of the SOC, and find out their motive for why this was happening. In order to ease that process, Eiji had set up, set about selling his name around as a hotshot codecracker, one that Tartarus wouldn't be able to ignore. So I accidentally used my real name instead of my codecracker name, but whatever, right? It's a common name anyhow. A.G. sat leaning against the wall of his loft again, staring down at the virtual monitor of his Digimon linker as he browsed Grimm. The VSOC lounge was designed in a cyberpunk style, reminiscent of an industrial factory city covered with pipes. A.G. stood in it as his avatar, while Lugamon sat beside him. Obviously, they were not mind-linked. It was evident to anyone that even with the graphical limitations, whether he was the dot graphics in the Digimon dot, hololized the realistic presence when mind-linked, or the shoddy graphics of this lounge, Lugamon was clearly a Digimon. Sounds like this Cracker AG is a popular guy, Lugamon said flatly. All according to plan, AG said knowingly. They weren't careless. A.G. had set his conversation with Lugamon in private mode to keep people in Grimm's open chat from hearing Lugamon's voice. How convenient that all these codecrackers happen to think you're a hotshot codecracker, Lugamon continued dryly. Well, I actually am, you know. I'm one of the few Class A crackers who can mind-link, A.G. retorted cockily. It was true that the hurdles to mind-linking were high. To start, one would first need to pay out of pocket to build a device that was the equivalent to the cutting-edge Digimon docks being developed in A's laboratories. They continued to stole casually through the lounge area. Hmm. What are you doing, Lugamon? Lugamon on A.G.'s screen was lifting his rear leg delicately into the air and peeing on a steel pole, just marking my territory. You can't run around marking whatever you want. This is the SOC's public space, A.G. scolded. 
so I should make the SOC my minion instead. We're spies, so don't attract too much attention, okay, partner? AG felt justified in setting their chat to private mode. There was no telling what was going to come out of this mutt's mouth next. Partner, really? Lugamon protested, cocking his head. Well, you didn't like it when I called you senpai, so we're partners. Lugamon didn't respond and lifted his nose into the air. It was the telltale sign that he'd realized something, that he'd picked up on an interesting scent. Someone's running a search on me, he said quietly. I'm being watched. Unlike Eiji, who was at home in his loft, Lugamon actually existed in the SOC channel on Grim servers. That bothers you? Eiji asked. Well, I certainly don't like being stared at. There, that's the guy doing it. Lugamon growled, glaring at the large avatar approaching them. It was a black man whose redlocks made him look like a reggae musician. A Digimon with broad, mangled wings fluttered like a butterfly above his head. Erdramon, adult level, mythical beast type, vaccine species. The Digimon's head and body looked like a dragon from Eastern mythology, as it had no arms or legs. It would be more accurate to call it an amphitheater. I'm Marvin from the SOC. It's a pleasure to meet with you, Cracker AG. His tone was warm and friendly. The pleasure's all mine, Marvin. I've heard a lot about you. So, you've read my messages, then? Sure have. This is my partner, Lugamon. Lugamon appeared to say something more to Marvin, but his chat was muted. Erdramon let out a series of sharp cries. Your partner, I see. So that's your relationship. Marvin appeared rather impressed. So, to what do I owe the honor? A.G. asked. A.G., according to my records, you applied to join the SOC channel only yesterday. That's right. Have you ever applied under a different name? Or were you previously a part of any other code cracking teams? Nah, I've always been freelance. That part was the truth. You sure about that? Are you always this suspicious of people? A.G. asked casually, though his heart was pounding. Well, when I hear that a rookie who joined within the last 24 hours is a hotshot codecracker who embarrassed the Digipolice, I tend to think that's either a lie or something more going on, Marvin said, his smile never leaving his face. A.G. kept quiet. Instead of ingratiating himself in, he'd made them even more wary. Still, A.G. now stood before one of the SOC's higher-ups. That had to count for something. Well, regardless, I also don't think a codecracker who was capable of mind-linking would go out of their way to do something as stupid, Marvin said. Follow me, and we'll finish this conversation. They walked further into the factory, passing steel supports and pipes spewing steam. A.G. entered Marvin's room after receiving an invite code. It shared the same cyberpunkish aesthetic as the rest of the group channel. This is my private room on the SOC server, Marvin's avatar said in lieu of a formal welcome as he sat down on a chair. He gestured for A.G. to sit as well. A.G. tried to imagine Marvin in the real world. What kind of person was he? Aside from a genius engineer, of course. So you're an executive in the SOC? A.G. asked. There's no such thing as official positions among us, but I've got some privileges on the channel. Sure. I've heard that you're the engineer who built Grimm, is that true? I was one of the first core members on the project, but so were a lot of people. I just helped with a handful of lines of code, and suddenly everyone's calling me the creator of Grimm. According to Marvin, Grimm was based on a number of different apps built by a multitude of volunteer code crackers. He couldn't take all the credit. So you're saying that the Digimon tools are all self-made? My main job is creating and evaluating those tools, yeah. 
If you want to put in an order, just say the word. First tool's free. Erdramon rested on the catwalk above them, its tail lightly coiled around a beam. Lugamon sniffed here and there around the room with interest. Now down to business, Marvin said. A.G., the SOC's planning something big, but we don't have the numbers to pull it off. Well, there it was, the big operation that Professor Ryusenji mentioned. Don't have the numbers? Aren't there a ton of people in SOC? A.G. asked, feigning ignorance. Oh, we've got way more members than we need. But what we don't have are code crackers who can mind link and are classified as Class A or higher, according to the Digipolice. That's when you showed up. I'm in. I'll do it, A.G. said bluntly. Pretty quick answer for someone who I'm sure knows how dangerous the job is. Marvin took a breath. A.G.'s thoughts had only been on his mission to spy on the SOC. He hadn't had the bandwidth to consider the operation's finer details. Dangerous? Yeah, dangerous, sure. Is it that dangerous? A.G. checked, some worry finally seeping through. Look, you picked a fight with the Digipolice and won. I get it. Marvin seemed fully impressed by him now. Despite being higher in the SOC ranks, he never once showed any disrespect towards A.G. This was how strong of a determinant mind-linking was on a codecracker status, not only in terms of the mind-link performance, but how they were treated by those around them as well. Was that bad? A.G. was suddenly extremely worried about everything. You gave Section 11's Commandermon unit the boot and incapacitated their deputy squad leader Sigimon for good measure. That puts a gigantic target on your back. They'll lock you up and throw away the key if they ever catch you. Yeah... Digimon, by legal rights, were tools of law enforcement. It would be hard for A.G. to wiggle his way out of, out if he was charged with destruction of police property and obstruction of police business. I guess I did break their confidence. Satsuki-chan got pretty pissed at me, too. You got away with making such a big stand against the police because you knew how not to make a bad shot, Marvin said admiringly. A.G. suspected that Marvin wouldn't still be smiling if he revealed that he'd told Satsuki his real name. So, this thing, the big operation you're planning, is Tartarus involved? A.G. asked, laser focused on his goal. You curious about our leader? Well, yeah. Their code-cracking skills are legendary, and I'm only interested in SOC because I'm interested in Tartarus. Right, Lugamon? Woof. Lugamon barked and took off, dashing from one end of the factory floor to the next. Erdermon tossed something with its tail. Lugamon ran to fetch it, bringing back the object in his mouth. Is that a ball? A.G. asked, distractedly, staring at the scene before him. Your Lugamon sure is a vigilant Digimon, but you've got him well-trained, Marvin said as he got up and walked toward Lugamon. Oh, uh, he's never really been around anyone but me, and he's a wolf, not a dog. A.G. grew worried. Lugamon glared at Marvin with open hostility, as if to say, Take this ball from me, I dare you. Who's a good boy? Go get it. Marvin tossed something into the air. It was Data, a bone-shaped treat. Woof! Lugamon barked and took off at full speed, eyes locked on the morsel. For being a wolf, he sure acts like a dog. He never does that kind of stuff for me, Heiji blurted out, suddenly a bit jealous of Marvin. Our leader Tartarus seldom makes an appearance, Marvin said abruptly. Sorry? Tartarus is a mystery even to us higher-ups in the SOC, but of course, it is Tartarus who has personally ordered us to carry out this operation, Marvin explained as he sent Heiji another invitation code. Operation Infinity, it read. Quite the name. Here's the channel where we discuss plans. I'll share these files with you. It's happening tomorrow, at Japan time. I'll divulge further details once we're all assembled here. Marvin was being very careful not to let any information leak 
The only thing that AG currently knew was that an operation was the operation name, time of assembly, and that they would be meeting in Marvin's room. It goes without saying that you must be mind-linked. I'll loan you the money for anything else you might need. Great, I'll message you later then. AG chirped, desperate to take advantage of this stroke of luck. An organization as big as SOC must make boatloads of money off their activities on Grimm. Imagine he could expense whatever he wanted, whether he had the receipts or not. All right then, Marvin said. Catch you later. Actually, there's one more thing. Marvin's words stopped AG and Lugamon as they were leaving. Do you know anything about the Black Agumon? Marvin asked. Nope, AG quipped. The silence persisted. He was desperate to fill it. But I do know there's someone looking for it. Oh, that's us who are offering a reward for it. The SOC. What? That 100 million DC reward? AG was floored. Marvin's avatar crossed its arms. That kind of money is pocket change for Tartarus. Finding that Agumon has become an obsession of his. And that is the end of chapter 2-2. And I will say that I thought it was interesting. It was dialogue heavy. There wasn't a lot of action. But the plot is moving forward. Uh, AG and Lugumon, their dynamic is still fun, still interesting. This Marvin is super interesting. Um, I like that he is an Airdramon. It's just, it's kind of cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, it was very straightforward, very plain. There was a lot of just, you know, the conversation between the two of them, finding out some more of the details. And, you know, AG was a little sloppy, but, you know, he's a novice and he's, you know, working out being a, a spy, effectively. And, I think it was interesting. I think it's hilarious that he made sock puppet accounts, but I mean, I guess if the point is for him to really ingratiate himself to the SOC and make himself a big player and get himself, you know, exposed as much as he can to Tartarus to find out whatever information about him, then that makes sense. So, uh, I don't know. I just, I like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I really like the cyberpunk thing that they're doing with, uh, you know, the chat room or whatever, like that being the theming of it. Whatever. I don't care. Um, that's fine. doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I don't think it's especially cool. It's just, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with that. I like you. I, I think you can feel a progression in the relationship between Lugamon and Eiji. And I think that's a good thing. And I am pretty well pleased with, uh, with them. And it was funny that, uh, you know, Lugamon acted like a dog and, you know, went for the treat uh, when Marvin threw it to him, but not, you know, and AG commented on that. He's like, hey, he doesn't act like a dog with me. Um, that was fun. Yeah, there's not much else to say. This was good. I like it. Uh, I hope it keeps going like this. Uh, again, it is ironic that chapter two is called uh, after Mr. Zappy Pants, um, you know, Leon. It's called after Leon, and it's you know titled after this flight, and we're barely getting anything with him. That's it's kind of odd. It doesn't really make sense, but I don't know. What are you gonna do, right? What are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say. I like this. I like this fine. I liked it well. Um, I think it's good development, and I would I'd be if all of the rest of the chapters were bar, uh, you know, low bar or bare minimum. As good as this one, I think we'll have a good book on our hands and maybe just like kind of a meandering start to it in that first chapter. But yeah, I thought this was good. So anyway, that's all I have to say for now on this. Uh, check out my um, Digimon Dreamers coverage, which will also be here on Digimon Chronicles. And check out uh, Ava and the Growbug 
and my other Growbug stories, which are all going to be linked at the website, mjmunoz.com. Uh, one of the Growbug books specifically is inspired by Digimon, and, um, you know, this is Digimon, so it's something I'm into, and it's something that I factored into some of my own stories that I'm telling, and uh, if you're a fan of Digimon, I'm hoping you'll be a fan of my book inspired by Digimon as well. It's a children's picture book, but it's written in the style of Digimon where I think it's, um, or, you know, a lot of anime or a lot of even, uh, you know, kids' shows from Japan. Uh, you can enjoy them as an adult, and definitely, you know, kids are going to enjoy them. So that's the goal with those. It's for all ages, but, you know, geared towards kids. Kids are the stars, kids are the focus, and they go on crazy magical adventures with different creatures, bugs in this instance. And, uh... It's pretty cool stuff, so yeah, you can check that out. Anyway, I hope you're well. This is MJ, signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.